Coming to you from the Tanglewood Studios on the Baseball 101 Network, this is the Baseball 101 Go 6 Podcast. So welcome to the show. Another week on the Baseball 101 Go 6 Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you found us, you probably found us on the Anchor app or Apple Podcasts. Google Pod, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or pretty much any place where podcasts can be found. If you're interested in leaving a message and having some input and potentially getting onto the podcast, you can leave a message either in the Anchor app by tapping the message button, or if you go down in the description in the Apple Podcasts, you will see a link that will also direct you to the Anchor app and you're allowed to leave an audible message. So if you leave an audible message in the form of a question, a comment, even if it's a shout out to your team, we'd love to include it in next week's podcast. So we really appreciate it. We started out, I think, the first week, episode zero, the pilot. I think we had 40 listens total, which I'm surprised anybody listened in the very beginning, to be honest. And now we are have more than 300 people listening and following. So if each of you that are listening now tell one or two people that you know about it that are interested in baseball that you think that we could help, that will double our listenership uh, within probably another month. So we're just looking to continue to grow our listenership, continue to provide good information for people out there, and keep going on the Go 6 podcast. Welcome back to the Go 6 Podcast on the Baseball 101 Network. This week's episode, the theme is the Parent Handbook, Do's and Don'ts for Raising a Happy and Successful Player. So let's get right to it. Pens and paper out, ready to take notes. Little League level, do introduce yourself to the coach. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, In fact, you're entitled fully to know who's going to be coaching and overseeing the practice. When you're not there, you may drop off and leave, but it's always a good idea to say hello to the coach, and so they know you're present and you're, you're there and watching. Do watch practice. Nothing wrong with watching Little League practice at any age, 7, 12, 13, whatever, Nothing wrong with staying and watching practice, especially because most of those practices are fairly short. Many are an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. So to drop your son off, leave, and come back, there's probably not a lot of time in between. So nothing wrong with that. Do encourage and advise before games. Notice I said before games. It's great to encourage your son before a game. Tell them to have fun. Give them one or two things to think about. But mostly, just enjoy it and have fun. That's what I would say before every Little League game. Do review the game after if your son wants to talk about it. So if your son's a chatterbox, wants to talk about things that went well or didn't go well in the game, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. As long as your son solicits that kind of input from you. 
do stress the positives about the game, both individual and team. I would always try to stay on the positive track with regard to how he did individually, take a positive perspective no matter what happened, and with the team as well. Do let the coach know about a family issue. This is an important one. So we don't talk to coaches too much about playing time or the team, even at that level. But if there's something going on in your family or something that you want the coach to know about, but you don't necessarily want your son to know that you're talking to the coach about it, you want the coach just to have a heads up um, with regard to how your son might be reacting or carrying himself on a certain day, nothing wrong with letting the coach know about something like that that's going on, particularly a family, family issue. Do schedule vacations after the season. After the season. Find out when the season will end. Find out if and when there are playoffs. Find out if there's an all-star team. And be keenly aware, if your son is a good enough player that may be on the all-star team, how long that that all may go. It is a good idea and a good impression on your player to make sure that the commitment to the team and what he's doing in the spring and the summer comes first and we don't just take off and go on vacation and leave our coach and our team in a tough spot. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that happen and sometimes it's really not deliberate. It just requires looking long-term at the schedule and making sure we know that just because the last game may be on June 16th in Little League doesn't mean that that's the end of the commitment. There may be playoffs and there may be All-Stars. So definitely do schedule vacations after the season and do a little legwork to make sure you know when the season will end. Do not, don't, speak negatively about the coach to other parents or in front of your son or daughter. So if other parents are complaining about the coach, definitely don't do that. Don't partake. And at home, even if you and or your wife don't agree with something that happened in the game or don't care for the coach or don't care for the coach's decisions, shouldn't really be discussing that in front of your son or daughter. We want to continually make them think that you're supportive of the coach and everything that's going on. Keep it really positive. Do keep it in perspective. Despite any success your player may have or failure, remember that they're still young. Many baseball players retire before the age of 13. Keep that in mind. Many don't go on for various reasons, and it doesn't always have to do with just ability. I've seen many players who struggled greatly in Little League and became college baseball players, even professional baseball players. And I've seen the opposite. I've seen players do fantastic at the Little League level and then level off and not do as well when they get older. So I think it's important to keep it in perspective and make sure that no matter what kind of success there is or what kind of failure, we don't take it too seriously. Don't tell the coach about your son's career or how good he is. Don't carry your son's bag. 
Parents, please don't carry your son's bag from the car, the parking lot, to the field. Teach them some responsibility. Teach them that they have to do that themselves, and they'll be better off for it. Don't walk into the dugout with your son. Just drop him off near the dugout and then disappear. Don't bring food or drink to your son during the game. Make sure he has an extra water bottle or Gatorade to drink so you don't have to do that during the game. Don't show any visible frustration or disappointment during or after a game. It's only Little League, remember. Don't bring your son to the game a minute before the game starts. Make sure you get them in good habits of showing up early so they can get warmed up and they can be ready to go when the game's about to start. There's several do's and don'ts in Little League, but I think if you pay attention to some of the important ones, the experience for everybody will be a positive experience. Moving on to high school and college. Don't email the coach. Please don't email the coach. This is a time where your son should be starting to advocate for himself. Communicating with the coach is the first step in doing that. So if it's a high school player, they should be doing that. If it's a high school player who wants to play in college, certainly they should be sending a college coach emails themselves. Don't stay and watch practices. Not at the high school and definitely not at the college level. It is embarrassing to your son. Trust me, your son doesn't want you there. And it's not a good look for you at all. Don't talk to or approach your player during a game at either of those levels, high school or college. Do not approach your son during a game. That is a major distraction. There are times we're watching a game as parents We definitely want to say something to our player, for sure. Been there. But we have to refrain, and we have to do it later. And again, like we talked about with the Little League level, it has to be in a positive way. We have to keep our negative feelings to ourselves and not openly show any kind of emotions if something's going wrong. Do cheer for all the players. In high school and college, I see so many parents who are cheering for every guy on the team, and it's really cool and it's super positive. Occasionally, you'll get a parent who, when their player isn't doing well, they really don't cheer uh, for anybody else. Or they may even leave, especially pitchers' parents. Happens a lot. Pitcher's done pitching. That's all they want to see. Parent doesn't want to support the team, doesn't want to support anybody, any other players, and they leave. So make sure you support everybody. Do cheer for all players. Do get lessons. Do get lessons. If your son works hard, loves the game, and shows a genuine interest for, at getting better, by all means, invest in that. Get them lessons from people who know what they're doing and can instruct and teach.
we have, um, we put this out, the do's and don'ts, and wanted some input from some of our Twitter followers and listeners. So we have one from at Perry underscore Florio. And he says, if your kid is batting less than 100, it's not and never is the coach's fault. Truer words, Perry, were never spoken. There are so many times where there's some kind of failure, whether it be pitching or hitting or whatever, and sometimes it's so brutal that as parents, we have, we're looking to blame somebody for it. The coach must have changed his batting stance. The, mo- the coach must have changed his arm slot. Um, they have him working too fast if he's a pitcher. He wasn't loose enough. Um, the coach is giving him the take sign when he shouldn't give him the take sign, things like that. Trust me. Trust me on this. As an experienced coach, parent, player, if you are good enough, you will play. If you walk a lot of guys and let up a lot of runs, almost every coach will give you more chances. Almost every coach will let the guy who's hitting 100 early in the season get more chances. I've seen it happen many, many times. So that's a really great one from Perry. Perry was nice enough to leave two responses in Twitter, and the other one is also a good one. Stop worrying solely about personal playing time and threatening to transfer if your son is subbed for in a game. Again, been there as a player, been there as a parent, been there as a coach. Many years of experiencing it myself, seeing it. There are a lot of times where things don't go the way we want them to go. And we think we should be getting another chance, or we think we should be getting as much of a chance as someone else. And we do not like the idea that the player was taken out of the game. This isn't a reason to get annoyed. This isn't a reason to transfer. This is a reason to overcome the obstacles and understand, again speaking from experience, that the worst day that seems like it may be a terrible day well, it will get better. It will get better. And again, most coaches worth anything are not going to put a player on the bench after a bad performance and have them never, ever see the field again. doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way. So if you're a freshman, you got your chance, you didn't do well once, even twice, stay the course. Work hard, get yourself back in the lineup, be a great teammate. Perry, that's a great one. Thanks for responding to our Twitter question. Uh, Do follow your son's lead. For example, if you see something happen in a game that's highly questionable, maybe a coach's decision, maybe where your son threw the ball, if he's an infielder, or maybe you thought he threw to the wrong base or, or whatever, don't react to that until you hear what your son has to say about it. I've had several times where I thought, you know what, 
I'm just going to hold my breath for a second, not think or do anything. I'll take his lead and let him tell me what he saw in that situation. And if it's something that involves a coach's decision, he could always ask the coach on his own about it. If it's something that involves his decision, we can discuss it. If it's something that I think I know anything about, I might give him some input on my part later. But again, always as positive as we can be. We don't want to make it miserable for our players to play in a game, and it's a difficult game enough to begin with. We don't want to make it miserable for them where they have to worry about what we're thinking as parents. So my MO has always been to sort of stay in the background, not say too much until later after the game, and even then try to be as positive as I can. Take an 0 for 4 game, and even in my heart, maybe I knew the swings weren't great, but in my heart try to pull out some positives to share with my son so he can take those positives maybe and go into the next game with those. So continuing with high school and college do's and don'ts, with regard to video of the game, I would say do video your son if you want to. This is a tricky one because you don't want to overstep your bounds. You want to do it discreetly. You definitely don't want to take video and then in any way communicate or show it to your son during a high school or a college game. But I have seen the positives of video where I needed some video, one of my players last year actually, and I knew that dad had video in particular of three different home run swings, which I sent out to college coaches one Friday night while I was sitting watching TV, and several of those coaches got right back to me and liked the swing, and uh, it was good that we had that video, and I was able to get it from the dad of one of my players. So I would say video is okay. Do video, but do it discreetly. Don't break it down too much. Um, Maybe review it after if he wants to review it after. But definitely, that's a do. Just do it in the right way. So next, do travel and support the team. But just don't think you're owed anything. In other words, you travel seven hours to go watch your son play in a game and he doesn't play, don't be annoyed by that. And don't have the idea that you traveled the seven hours add to your frustration or your disappointment. Travel, go to the game, have an open mind, and accept whatever happens. Do contribute to fundraising, especially at the college level. Many teams, regardless of division, fundraise. Many teams... Coaches are asking for donations. Do contribute. That's fine. Again, though, don't think that that buys you anything extra except supporting the players and the program. Don't go on social media, post stats, brag about your son, Please don't do this. 
this day and age in 2020, with all the social media available to us, I see far too much of it. I see far too much of parents going on social media and telling us about their son or daughter and, about, and, and giving us every statistic and giving us the story of their career, how they battled through injury, how they were overlooked when they were younger, and now they're one of the greatest on the team, and they've hit this many home runs, and they struck out this many guys. Don't do it. Trust me on this one. Your child doesn't want any of this. They wish you would stop. So Facebook, Twitter. Now there's nothing wrong with retweeting an article where your son or daughter's name was mentioned. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with retweeting a season preview of, let's say, your college team where your son is mentioned and you retweet and say, good luck. I think using social media to give them some credit is okay, but within reason. You may just tweet something that says, way to go, so-and-so, and have them, have the people who are following then do the legwork to look up and see an article that maybe includes uh, your son or daughter's stats and information. But please... When we have these long uh, posts on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and wherever with a ton of pictures telling us how great your son or daughter is, you're embarrassing yourself. And again, like I said, your son or daughter wishes and prays you would stop. So that's all I have to say about social media. Use it very carefully. Want to give your child some credit. You can do it very mildly without embarrassing you or them. Do give your son the impression that it's okay if they don't play when you come to a game. So you may be traveling to a game and they say, ah, don't come, I'm probably not going to play. And the response really should be, hey, it's a beautiful spring day. I don't have to work. What's better than watching a baseball game? If you're in, that's great. If you're out, no problem. But again, I think a big thing is whether it's how their performance is or whether they think you shouldn't come because they may or may not play. I think your goal should always be as a parent to take any concern they have about you out of it. They have enough concern and enough challenge performing on the field, trying to live up to teammates' expectations and coaches' expectations. They don't need yours. They don't need that extra distraction. So the goal should always be, don't worry about me, you just play. And if you play well, that's great. Enjoy it play well, respect your coaches, enjoy your teammates. That should be the goal. So the do's and don'ts 
are really pretty simple in a lot of ways. At the high school and college level, you really, parents, you really have to stay out of it. You have to stay out of it. Let your son or daughter advocate for themselves. There's something that's not going well. Let them communicate with the coaching staff. Let them do the emails. Let them, if they're a high school player and trying to play in college, let them tell the coach of the college that they're interested in. Let them tell that coach about themselves. And many times it's not just statistics. It's they may tell themselves, they may tell the coaches about other things in their life that may catch a coach's interest. But the do's and don'ts are fairly straightforward and simple. The problem is we get caught up in maybe what the parents think, or maybe what other players are doing, and we lose sight of what's really important, and that's the experience that our child is having in Little League, in high school, in college. We lose sight of that because we're worried about what somebody else might think or we're worried about another player playing too much or we're a junior or a senior and we're worried about freshmen taking our position. Just play. Encourage your son or daughter to get better every day, 1% better. We talked about it in a previous episode. And if they work really, really hard and you stay out of it, and they continue to work really hard, good things will happen. And if they know they don't have to worry about you and what you think, and that pressure is away from them, I guarantee, guarantee they'll have more success. And that wraps up Part 1, Parent Handbook, Do's and Don'ts. You are listening to the Go Six podcast on the Baseball 101 Network. Regardless of where you're listening, please subscribe, please rate and review. And also, in, if you're listening on the Anchor app, there's a button beneath our uh, description of our podcast where you can leave a message if you tap the button. Leave a message, ask a question, make a comment, give a shout out to your team. We'll incorporate it in the next podcast. Also, you can find that same link down below the description in Apple Podcasts as well. Tap on the link. It'll take you to the message button in Anchor, and you can do the same thing. Also, please uh, follow us on Twitter at FrozenRope8. That's at FrozenRope8. And look for tweets about the show, upcoming guests, and again, opportunities for interaction with the podcast. And lastly, if you email us at go6podcast at yahoo.com, that's go, the numeral six, podcast at yahoo.com, we'll take any of your emails, uh, especially if they're questions, and incorporate them in the podcast. We'd love to get input from you just on how we can make the podcast better and Um, Again, any questions, we'll incorporate right into the show for our content. So we really appreciate you listening, and we will be right back with Major League Baseball Talk. Now it's time for our segment, Major League Baseball Talk. Commentary and conversation about the league, where they play 
for pay. So Major League Baseball talk this week is going to be a short one. But number one, it's always exciting this time of year. We're getting very close, a couple weeks, couple more weeks till um, real games start. And some guys are, are doing really well in spring training and some guys aren't. And again, early, early and almost non-relevant in spring training, whether guys do well or they don't. The key is getting at bats and getting timing down and things like that. But one thing that's been bothering me lately is I hear and see on the little ticker across the bottom of a basketball game I'm watching or whatever that a particular baseball player is hurt and may need surgery or came into spring training with a sore knee and may need surgery and may be missing the month of April or Aaron Judge, for example. Somehow this guy hurt his rib and they think the injury occurred in last year's postseason. So you mean to tell me that he worked all offseason in the weight room, conditioning, doing whatever he does, and there's no doubt that he is a fit and strong individual, and there's no doubt in my mind that he probably works really hard over the winter. But he doesn't realize that he's got pain in his rib cage, and now this spring we're discovering that he might have a broken rib or a rib problem, and they're talking about removing the bone before the season starts. I don't understand why this doesn't happen, and this isn't identified in the fall, right after the season's over. And we have pitchers, the same thing. Soreness in the elbow. Then we realize at the beginning of string training, we, have, we need Tommy John. I'm not sure what's going on in the offseason. I really don't, don't know what's going on. Maybe some of these players, by design, want to shorten their season. Like the NBA, the game management, not playing as many, don't... None of them want to play 162 games. Not sure what it's about, but it's pretty crazy. So, wondering what these guys are doing in the offseason. That's the Major League Baseball talk for this week. So this week's playlist song of the week is a song called Post Malone, written by a guy named Sam Felt. He's from the Netherlands, and he's actually been around for about six years. He's 26 years old. The girl performing the song vocally is Ronnie, R-A-N-I. Her real name is Shannon Ronnie, and she's also from the Netherlands. She's brand new, and this is her breakout song little piece of information regarding this song. Post Malone and Sam Felt have never spoken. So Sam Felt is still waiting to see what Post Malone thinks about this song. So 
As I mentioned before in other podcasts, this won't appear in the podcast, this song right now, because of copyright restrictions. However, Google it, download it, add it to your playlist. It's an upbeat song, and I think you'll enjoy it. Post Malone by Sam Felt, performed by Ronnie. So that'll do it for another episode, another week of the Go Six podcast on the Baseball 101 Network. Don't forget to email us at go6podcast at yahoo.com. That's go6, the numeral six, podcast at yahoo.com. We'll take any questions or comments and we'll incorporate them right into the content for the podcast. We really want to have some interaction with listeners. Follow us on Twitter at FrozenRope8, at FrozenRope8. Look for that Twitter feed for interesting things about the show, some opportunities for interaction, and also feel free to tweet at us about any questions at all that you might have. Go to the Anchor app or the Apple Podcast app. Tap the message button. Also leave us a message that way. We really want to have interaction and um, involve our listeners who have been growing each week. We have good future content for you coming up in future weeks. We're going to do some mental training. We'll do some. We'll talk about some pitching. We have recruiting talk. We have some really great guests. So we're going along here trying to get 1% better each week, trying to work on the production, getting that tighter and tighter as we go. Good content. Really enjoy doing it and cannot wait to be with you next week. 